and hours. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. This is Truth, Freedom, and Sophia with your host, Sophia. Shout out to super producer, Cindy Ashby. You can catch all of our live shows on onthewakeupradio.com. Also catch replays on SoundCloud, Google and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook at On The Wake Up Radio. Also support us on at PayPal slash On The Wake Up Radio at gmail.com. And check out our new streaming site, otwtube.com where we upload all of our content uncensored. You can create your own profile, upload any videos that you like to make or watch and have your own content as well. This is Truth, Freedom, and Sophia. Hope everyone is enjoying their weekend. I have been planting all weekend. So I know I'm always happy when I'm doing things like that in nature and just playing in the grass and with the flowers and the plants. So I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. So I'm actually, and I'm excited about this show because it's an important one. It's a, it's a topic that I think no matter where you're at in life, just in general, no matter who you are, what your ideologies are, this is a good topic and it's applicable to any person and it will help every person because we all should live in a mental headspace that is easy and free flowing and clear and that's what we need to get to in order to get out of this bamboozle that we're living in because i do believe we're living in a bamboozle which means we have handed over a lot of our freedoms right it, we basically have a contract where we don't worry about basic uh necessities like food water you know storage i mean storage <laughs> a roof over your head stuff like that in return you know we get to have that mental you know relaxation i guess of not having to stress about survival needs and we get to give more of our time effort and energy to the machine but we we think that we're doing this and it's just how it, how the world is and it's just what we need to do in order to survive and that's a lie that's the bamboozle it's not what we need to do in order to survive we do not live in a environment that is um conducive and is healthy for a spirit being so the world that we live in right now and the world that we're creating and that we're that they're they're trying to create and that they're trying to you know get locked in is a world where we don't have a spiritual aspect to us we don't have a spiritual connection we don't practice those things we don't uh think about those things that's what they're that's their end goal is to have human beings be totally 
unspiritual, have their souls encapsulated basically and imprisoned and have our bodies in this present time-space continuum for them to control. Because the thing is, if we're linked into our spiritual into our spirit, if we're connected to our spirit and our soul is getting that information from spirit into this body, because your soul, you know, is this the invisible aspect. I don't know the words I want to use for this, but your soul is the other aspect of you that is also spiritual, but is here also in the present time space continuum. Your spirit is the your future self. Your spirit is always ahead of the body. So when you're disconnected from your spirit, that's why you're able to be mind controlled and your body's able to be controlled by the projected thoughts that are going into your head through your body, only your body being present and not your mind, not your spirit. So when we do things like take mental inventory, when we start to break down all of our preconceived notions about the world we live in, and we really think about it and we detach from them. I'm not saying don't believe the things that you believe in your whole life, but when we would detach, for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. I come from a family of people that they don't they don't expand their thinking, meaning my mom and, and the adults, not my my siblings or anything like that. But they're from a different time and space. They do not know how to trust themselves to the point where like planting something is a big drama because they don't believe that what they like, what's satisfying their own eye is going to be satisfying to other people. So in their, and in their spiritual sense, in their spiritual aspect, they are the same way. So they're, they're of the mind where they, they were been told, say, by a preacher that these things are this way. They will not allow their mind, even no matter how unrational, no matter how unreasonable or no matter how contradictory something is, if, if I even if I know it's 100% true, they will not allow themselves to believe me because they're afraid of believing me and expanding their mind and leaving that old paradigm behind and, and, and me somehow being wrong or them somehow being wrong and going to hell or suffering for somehow from that. That's because they're disconnected from their spirit. They don't have a portion of them operating in them, allowing them to be sure of themselves and just know and operate in that knowing and operate in the present I am. I see this in so many people. And I almost believe I, I was put in the perfect family because I was put in a family where I got to see the entire world through probably 10 people. And I saw the everything about the world through these 10 people, the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the miraculous, the shameful, uh, the the out of control aspects of emotional things, drama. I've, I saw it all. I saw it all. And I don't say this with judgment in my head or at all. It's just I observed a lot of things about the world. And that was a big thing that even if you want to, a lot of people, if they want to believe something, or even if they think they, they believe it, there's an aspect of us that gets stuck. And it's because we are not clear. We aren't able to see things clearly. So we rely on all the programmed things that were told to us. All of those things were addicted. We're addicted to all those little reassurances that we were given, like neat little boxes, everything. Oh, 
If someone dresses like this, that makes them a this. If someone dyes your hair purple, they're a punk rocker. If someone listens to punk music, that means that they are anarchists. That's how the world that people are li living in. Almost every single person, even people who are awake, they are they don't see how much they heavily rely on our visual labels, the ones we've assigned, you know, through the through the program, but even in ourselves with judgment. See, we we lay our eyes upon things and then we immediately judge it. And we're not meant to live like that. That is causing a buffering system in the brain that is causing serious issues, meaning issues with with your self-communication that judgment because of that judgment aspect of that's in our minds all the time we're not able to properly interact with information and then judge it later we just are immediately judging judging which doesn't even allow us to interact with it and truly perceive it because you're not present with it you're not just sitting with it interacting with it and experiencing with it you're actually trying to chop it up and dissect it and put it where everything needs to go so that you can then understand it. And that is a false world. That is not the way we're meant to live. We're living very wrong. We're living outside of nature, very separate from nature, and we're not able to see it. We are able to feel it. We feel these things. We think about these things, and ideally we think we're dealing with these things, but we're not because we're still thinking the same thoughts. We're still reacting to things the same way. We're still like having the same expectations from things. And that is not allowing us to engage in the present and appreciate it and live with freedom, with fluidity, with a part of us that is that just knows what it knows and doesn't need anything else. You know, and I always, before, I'm not kidding. I really do these things right before my show and it just aligns every time. But right before I came on, I, you know, come to my, one of my favorite books, Science of Mind, you know, when I do my little prayer that I do and I, and I just shoot the book open and voila, I open to this portion that talks about this exact thing about the, 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 the way, um, the way humans observe their reality in themselves. So I'll just read instead of trying to explain what I'm going to read. <laughs> so it says man comes through subjectivity. When man is born, he is born from pure subjectivity into objectivity. He is born from a subjective state of consciousness into an objective state. And he gradually grows into intelligent, self-conscious, objective understanding. When a baby is born into this world, it is purely subjective. It does not know enough to feed itself. It has no objective faculties, no judgment, no thought processes. But the minute it is born, it begins to develop an objectivity through observation. However, it takes a baby longer than it does any other animal, as it is more helpless. A child does not always gain its objective faculties quickly. Sometimes it never does during this lifetime. Irresponsible people never become completely objectified on this plane. They are still instinctively subjective. Why is this important? Because we are not living where we are engaged in our own survival. So we're not able to become fully subjective and then live out this process 
where we go from a state of consciousness into an objective state and then gradually grow into intelligent, self-conscious, objective understanding. We're not able to because we aren't even invested or involved in our own survival. We've negated our accountability for our own survival through signing on to the system, through, through just following the program versus following your heart, yourself, your instinct, the part of you that is imbued with spirit, that wants to create, that wants to live, that wants to experience, that wants to have a life experience. And when you are in, in nature and you are planting and you are involved and invested in your own survival, your own source of survival, you will learn life lessons just through that alone. You learn spiritual lessons. You learn process. It expands your mind. It shows your mind the organic natural processes of the earth, of the universe, of nature. And then you then can come to certain conclusions through those observations about yourself because you are of nature. But if we don't see ourselves as beings of nature, because we're so synthesized now, we're so separated, we're so broken off from nature, we're not able to make those connections. And that is, I believe, the link between the true human being connected spiritually and being the fully programmable human that they are trying or almost complete with creating. It's We have to get back to our organic processes the processes of understanding just the life process. There are adults who are walking around here in 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 high intelligence, right? Good jobs. They're they're upstanding, say citizens in society, but they don't even understand true reality because they're operating off of a program and they're reliant on the program to think for them. Or to not to think for them, but to steer their thinking, to make their thinking easy, to make their navigating of life easy. But it hasn't made it easy. It's made it more complicated. It's made it so ridiculous that now we're at the point where we can sit here and reboot our entire, you know, society and 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 re and, and put all of these sick false ideas into it and and, and create new principles based off of lies. That's how they can get away with that. So, to detox the mind, that's what I'm going to get into. I'm going to read this, a couple of articles, and I'm going to play a few videos that are really amazing. And I think just are great, especially for what we're um, discussing right now. Oh, I, I, I meant to read one more thing. But I'll, I'll get to that after. Let me, let me read this. Okay. So, the symbolism of rebirth and life and new life that is synonymous with the spring season can be applied to the mind. Spring can be the perfect time to detox your mind, re-energize your routine and mindset, and assess what in your life is working and what isn't. With a little guidance, you can make your routines more efficient and energizing, and let go of any habits, beliefs, or parts of your life that are no longer serving you, to make space for what is new and what is fresh. Just like when you go on a detox diet to flush out toxins from your body and cleanse your internal organs, 
It's also helpful to flush out toxins from the mind. Mental and emotional toxins often go unnoticed. They are just as essential to tidy up. Given the era of digital overload we live in the in and the busyness of our lives can become. Mind clutter can lead to lack of focus, fatigue, stress, indecision, overwhelm and overcommitment, communication breakdowns, mistakes and errors, health issues, unhappiness, etc. To avoid these pitfalls, jumpstart the process of uncluttering your mind and re-energizing yourself. So I just want to add before I go through this list a few things because I took a lot of notes before the show tonight because I have a lot to say on this topic because I've been through it and I do this every so often because I'm not a perfect human. So I didn't just do this once and now I, I, I'm good. I do this literally every two weeks or every other day if I need to. It depends on what kind of week I'm having, what kind of day I'm having. I might need to even do it a million times that day, right? Check in with myself, talk to myself, tell myself that's not true that's not a real thought or breathe you know it's important to take mental inventory when you do that you can understand things and then you can respond to things because you're not trying to catch up to your emotions and they're just they're they're in control over the body you want your consciousness to always be in control not in denial again not about denial or oppression in control if you're conscious you can process the fact that you're angry without expressing anger it's the consciousness thought of knowing to intervene on yourself that makes a difference it's not denying or trying to suppress that anger i'm fucking angry angry. and then you explode it's about being like well i'm angry so you know what let me warn the people around me right now Hey, I'm angry. I'm a little angry. So if I'm acting a little crazy, don't take it personal. I'm trying to work through something, right? That gives you the accountability for yourself, but it also gives the other people the respect and the, the, and, and the love. Oh, wow. Thank you. Now I know not to take it personally. That's a huge favor you're doing for someone when you tell them that, Hey, I'm feeling real shitty. So if I, my energy's off or if I'm sounding a little aggressive, it's not towards you. And then that that avoids an entire clashing or miscommunication or just, you know, unnecessary bickering. It's about taking the mental inventory, doing the mental detox, because again, we're not always in control of our thoughts, our subconscious, our eyes take things in all day and our eyes are truly spectators you know it processes thing it's a camera it's like a processing machine your eyes are processing information and here's a fun fact your pineal gland actually has the same exact i forget what it's called i'll google it by the end of the show same exact thing that your eyeballs have that make that that make it work as a like a camera where it's processing information it has that same exact optical thing in it i'll find the real word for it instead of in my botched up thing but that's an interesting to know, right? So our eyes are taking in information all day and, and that's going into the subconscious. So that's why it's important just in general on a daily basis to lay down and go and let it all let it all out, right? Let those things, let, let your mind kind of revisit the day, you know, re-see re things. Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, 
and that's how you get, get clutter, declutter the mind. It's not always about, I don't want to have a cluttered mind, so I'm going to go meditate and empty. See, we're stuck in the sick, new age, another bamboozle-like program where they, again, they give you programs. What I mean by programs is they give you ideas of what things look like. So if I say to declutter the mind, most people immediately think of meditation, laying there and, and doing a Deepak Chopra, empty the mind meditation. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not always one thing, but the programs that 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 these, these people and these systems put out there are to do just that. It's to control your ideas of things. That's what controls your thoughts. That's what shapes and molds your thoughts is the way that they present the ideas. I think that's why movies are so powerful, right? That's why you can see somebody and, and they can tell you like they're a, a pastor, right? And you'd be like, you know, no, you don't look like a pastor. What makes someone look like something? What is it that makes you think that you know what something looks like enough that you can say that someone that you don't look like that? It's the program that's telling you that you know what things look like so you can identify them when you encounter them, which is why you're all bamboozled, which is why you can go to a priest and he's a fucking child molester. It's because you believe because he's wearing that collar and he's got that soft looking face and that mild voice. That must mean he's a righteous man because we're addicted to these stupid labels and these our eyeball labels. I don't know what to call them. Our, our ocular labels that we subconsciously take in the, 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 the subconscious programs that, again, we're reliant on. And when we start to do a mental detox, we see where we're reliant on those programs. And that's how we're able to then break them down and then override them and, and put mechanisms in place to alert you when you are starting to get on that path of programmed thinking and programmed responses. I just want to go through some of my the notes that I, I pulled down. I wrote down, pulled, I just pulled that down, so I said pull down. So nature is the teacher. And how often do you really think? How often do you really think? Again, not steered thinking, where it's like ping pong, where you're like, you can, where again, the program is the ping pong ball in your mind, uh, the, the things it bounces off of. So the pro, you know, it touches certain thoughts, but it never sticks, never stays. You don't get to really fall into that thought hole where you literally drift into a whole nother mental world of thought. And then when you come to, you're like, whoa, that was incredible. I was literally just in a whole nother dimension because of one thought that went down, this thought that went down, this thought that opened up this other world that then created all this floodgates of thoughts that I now am re-energized by. And I have a a whole nother leveling up world of a worldview. That's how simple life is. That's why they put these buffering systems in your mind. That's why they need you to be like this. Got to have the job. Got to have security. So I have, make sure I always have a roof over my, make sure I always have my food. So you, so everything you're doing, let me just tell you everything you're doing, right? Not saying these things to say, go great work, go uh, quit your job or anything. I'm just saying it's good to take the mental inventory so we know these things about ourselves. So then we know where we are, say, weighing the options in our own lives. And then we're happy about the way we're weighing the options and creating a balance in our own lives. Because it's not about saying, see, human beings have been lied to by the system. The system makes you think, right? 
that you can actually have it all, that you can have the job, have the this, have the that, and never have to sacrifice a thing or suffer uh, at all. That's a lie. You're meant to suffer. You're meant to sacrifice one thing over the other. That's how you have spiritual value is through those sacrifices, the things you're willing to suffer through, the, 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 the options you're willing to weigh and then, then decide on. That's what gives you spiritual worth and spiritual value. That's what gives you spiritual measurement are those things. That's why they don't want you ever doing it. That's why they want you preoccupied and busy. So you're, oh, so yeah, you are, you are the meditator. You are the working woman. You are, you know, the the, the girl who gets to socialize too, and you you get to work out. You do it all. But are you really doing it all if you're not ever present? If you're not ever at peace or at rest or able to think or have a clear thought or have a clear view? No, they've got you thinking that that's going to lead to clarity and happiness. It's a labyrinth. It's nonsense. Not saying those things are bad, but what is motivating you to do those things? What's bringing you there? And what are you what are you negating? That's of real value, of eternal value, just to be accepted by the program or to feel like you're part of the program or, or something. You know, I don't know what it is that motivates people to. It's not a motivation. It's it's a program that we're all born into. So I'm not saying this with, with judgment. I'm saying I, I see it as clear as day. You know, your parents tell you, download a worldview into you. Then when you come of a certain age to, to counter your parents' downloaded worldview, you, you know, that motivates you to, to create a, a total opposite worldview. And, it, and it's always like a counter and a reaction and, and where, you know, trigger, trigger, trigger. And it's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be where we're not supposed to teach our children what to believe. We're really not. We're not supposed to say, for instance, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You believe that. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. If you, if you don't believe that, you won't get in heaven. Really? Really? That's going to make someone believe something or maybe having an experience with a person who just is good and genuine and awesome. And then that's your opportunity to say, well, Jesus Christ sent me or, or I do this because of, because of whatever, because not be, and that makes a person believe something. Not because you said you have to believe this. If you tell someone to believe something and then they believe it, there is no actual essence of belief there. That is just them deciding that it's easier to just believe what you told them is right to believe than to, to than to take that deep dive on them on their own. And we're living in a world where, where that's it, where ancient people did the work. The ancients did the work. They did the observations. They sacrificed. They suffered. They each person knew their talents, knew their passions, and they were okay with who they were. And for each person's talents and passions, they did things to embrace that and to encourage that and then to expand on that and let that be their gift. Go figure. But no, in this world, the more things that, you know, that, that are part true to you and your passions and your individual self, they're telling you that 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 shouldn't exist. That needs to be your private self, a private aspect of you, where you, where it comes out in blips. You know, where you're 
when you get that five minutes to go, you know, go wine, drink a glass of wine and paint with your friends. You know, and you think that, that that's how you channeled your creativity. Not saying it's not okay to do that. That's awesome. It's fine. I know those things are great. I do it too. When you channel your creativity, it's a spontaneous, it's it's a sporadic uh, passion that just flips in you and you go with it and you create from it. We live in a very convoluted society where people are not able to interact with just raw information, raw experience, process it, create their own view about it, and feel secure about that, you know, experience and then and then judgment on it. They're not okay because of the system has told program into them to never to not trust themselves. So I'm going to share a video that I know you all will like because, of course, it's from one of my favorite people who teach about this topic. Hi, buddy. I love these my kids. I'm curious. I want everyone listening for the next seven days to try something. Mm -hmm. And if you could give one to three different things that we could think differently or eliminate mm -hmm. when a thought comes to us or we react in a certain way. If there's something you think that we eliminated one, two or three things, and we did this every day for seven mm -hmm. days, we would start to see incredible mm -hmm. feelings of differently, would feel healthier, more lively, more love. What would okay. be those few things? Okay, well, most people, number one, they get up in the morning and they check their cell phone, they check their text, their WhatsApp, their Facebook, they post something on Facebook, they drive to work the same way, do the same thing. So they're in a program. They've actually lost their free will to the program. Wow. So if you start your day and you start your day with this simple question, what is the greatest ideal of myself that I can be today? Mm. You ask yourself that question. Now, listen, your body's going to go like, well, you got to get a cup of coffee and you got to tired, I'm tired yeah. and you got to go, ah, 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 body. Uh, you're not the mind. I'm the mind right now. You're going to sit here. I'm going to feed you. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to get your coffee. You're going to do all those things. But right now, this is my time. You're going to obey me, right? So now the body's no longer the mind. You're the mind. And so when it wants to get up and you become aware of it, and we turn back to the present moment, every time you do that's a victory. Wow. And you're changing some aspect of yourself. So then ask yourself. I do this all the time. Write down four thoughts that you're going to stay conscious of the whole day. I can't. It's too hard. You'd be surprised the moment you become conscious of what those thoughts are, how unconscious you've been to them all day, right. you know, for weeks on end. Write down what you speak, how you speak, four things you want to change, how you act. How do you, how do you act? You complain, you blame, you make excuses, you feel sorry for yourself. That's a victim consciousness. What emotions do you live by? Is it possible that you're so used to living by guilt, mm. you don't even know it's guilt, it just feels like you? You, you allow your energy to drop, become conscious of those states of mind and body and review them and say, this is the old self. Then say, what thoughts do I want to fire and wire in my brain? And start firing and wiring and start feeling it. What behaviors will I demonstrate today? What choices will I make? One day, one lifetime, mm. and just like you did, rehearse them. Rehearse the whole entire thing. Yeah. Begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain. And if you keep installing it, the hardware is going to become a software program. You're going to start thinking and acting that way. And then here's the tough part. Can you teach your body emotionally what your future is going to feel like before it's made manifest? Mm. And don't get up until you feel that way. Now, practice that for a few days. 
And then see if you can stay in that state and watch all of a sudden all those weird doors start opening for you. Synchronicities. Synchronicities, yeah. whatever they are. <clears throat> Number two, take up time at the end of your day, the end of your day before you lay down and give thanks for your life. And feel gratitude and really teach your body what it feels like. The emotional signature of gratitude. And gratitude means mm. you're getting something. <clears throat> if I give you something that's of value, you would say thank you because you would feel it, right? So when you're receiving, you're giving thanks. So gratitude is the ultimate state of receiving. Mm. So then people only accept, believe, and surrender to the thoughts equal to their emotional state. Right. So if you're in a state of gratitude, every thought's going to make it right down into your body. If you're saying, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, and your body's programmed in negativity, it's saying, no, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. That thought's going to stop right here. So as you elevate your state, there are about 1,200 different chemical reactions that go on in the body to begin to restore and repair the body in a state of gratitude. And so we've done the research to mm -hmm. prove that. 10 minutes and just feel it with all of your heart. That's it. Wow. Third thing, and, and very important, take time whenever it is, <clears throat> sit down, close your eyes, and begin to just open your awareness to the space around you and just sense it and pay attention to it and become more aware of it. The act of opening your awareness begins to reduce the stress hormones and creates more coherent wow. brainwave states. I'm doing it right now. It's just a practice. Yeah. It's just a practice. So that I, I, I feel is so informative and so important. And I want to make a point about what he said, right? What did he say? He said, feel what gratitude feels like do you know most people right they aren't even able to say link into something to know what it feels like to then channel that feeling and then program their own mind and body because they're so programmed they're running on such programmed responses and guided thoughts that they're not able to even really know what it feels like, what that feels like when you link into, say, the essence of like love, when you surround yourself with, when you think of a, when you felt gratitude and then you channel it. A lot of people, they can't, they're not even at that point where they even know what those feelings feel like in the body so that they can channel those feelings in, into the body. It, it's sad, but we need to be living proof, not lecturers not attackers, not arrogant assholes who tell everybody how awesome we live and how great we are. No, just be living proof so that when someone asks you, what's your secret? You're able to authentically and organically tell them and give them real gold, real information that you know through experience is genuine and is real. And it isn't some program that you called and said, hey, tell me how to be more happy. And then they give you the 10 steps to how to be more happy and you completed it. No. Just do the real work and just get to know yourself, who you are. And I'm going to continue on with Joe Dispenza because I'm just going to play the beginning of this episode of his. Just because I like what he says and how he explains it. And it's worth the sharks. So I'm going to pop that back on before I start talking too much again. <laughs> okay, here we go. 
because this is going to speak to my whole survival mode situation. Stress can be defined as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. But how do different kinds of stress cause long-term effects on our brain and body? Stress usually is created when we can't predict the future outcome, when we feel that we can't control the situation, or when we have the perception that there's a threat, a danger, or a perception that something's going to get worse in our lives. You may not be able to control everything that happens in your life or your outer world. However, is it possible that you can learn how to control your inner world of thoughts and feelings? I'm your host, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And in the previous episode, we went into depth on the ancient practice of meditation and what it means to be truly present. In this episode, we're going to identify different kinds of stress, show you the long-term effects of stress. So I just wanted to share that beginning about stress and survival and creation right we most people are living under controlled stress and it's a, it's a self-induced stress because the program puts stressors in our minds puts pressure that that makes us put pressure on ourselves which then again causes us to not want to acknowledge certain emotions or feelings because then that will somehow mess with our flow of this you know knowing the outcome knowing and knowing this knowing that you see how he says like humans get stressed if they can't predict the future if they can't you know comprehend things or understand things this is what this is the part of us that they they've known and studied for so long and this is the basis of their program instilling these little stressors in us that get that gets us to not be able to think clearly and make decisions that are of balance in our life because they're not going to be uh, a weighing of options. It's a what's going to be the 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 the, the, the least uh, you know whatever is making you stress, whatever is going to quell that stress. That's going to be the deciding factor, not what's of the right balance. So they know that how to drive the mind so that the body is constantly, the body's in the present, but the mind is being manipulated through the past and the future by bouncing back and forth between the past and the future, trying to take the past to apply to the future so you can predict the future. And the mind is doing this all day while the body is being controlled by the subconscious. So the body is able to go to work, do its program things that it knows to do because literally i could drive i could drive say from salem new hampshire to my house and be in a total thought world pull up to my driver and say how the fuck did i just get home i don't even remember driving how did i just drive well what was going on there well, what was i doing how how did i not remember driving it's because my my consciousness was legit somewhere else but my body knows the way so well that i'm just able you know you're just able to do it right yeah so I'm sure how many times people have experienced that. That is a perfect example of how they've got your mind caught in a mind matrix where it's, you know, only it's only going through certain, you know, pathways and certain things and it's bouncing, bouncing like the ping pong machine. And none of it is actually conscious thought, conscious 
you know, thinking, when you consciously think, you're able to like have conversations with yourself and you're able to like say like, oh, Sophia, hey, that's kind of crazy. Don't do that. And I say, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I just feel like right now, but that's an impulse. And then like, you know what I mean? It's a, it's not about denying. I am a batshit crazy person. If I went off my impulses, I, I would probably be very happy. I would probably be living a perfect release, you know, uh, but you know, I wouldn't do that because it wouldn't really be happy if you're not making others that you love happy, if you're not being respectful, if you're not expressing yourself properly. And that's what it's all about. For me, mostly it's about how I express myself. That's been my lifelong struggle because I have always had this, this person in me, but I was always, I always felt like to be tough, to make sure people know you're tough first and you don't put up with shit first and that, you know, you're not going to ever take a lie. So you have to put that, you have to lay it all out there first and that they know, and then you feel safe to interact with them. But I broke that aspect of me down and now I can, can control how I want to express myself without feeling like maybe I'm letting too much out there or you can just communicate, just proper communication. But right, it doesn't mean that that I'm such a perfectly, you know, uh, put together person. No, but it doesn't have to be. This is what I mean about the bamboozle. They think that just being not having any thoughts, right? This is the fake new age thing. Empty your mind, have no thoughts. That's what the goal is. No, that's not the goal. The goal is to empty out the false thoughts, the thoughts that are weighing you down or keeping you heavy or or just unnecessary. And then having clarity to connect and open up and have real thoughts about real things that have real results. Results that not only apply here in the material, but then also have spiritual value, spiritual worth. It's very important, I think, to understand that. And again, obviously, if you don't believe you have a spirit and a soul, this is clearly not a show you'd be watching. So I don't think I'm talking to anyone that believes that, that I would have to like make any kind of uh, clarifications or anything. But I want to say what I wrote down. And it's about also detox in the mind. It's about unlinking from the addiction to being guided by the 3D world. That is also what is important about mind detox. And, you know, emptying out the garbage, the subconscious crap that isn't really yours and doesn't belong to you and letting the things that belong to you and have real, you know, value and real epiphanies behind them stick and happen. Not just being completely empty. Yes, you want to be able to be still when you need to be, but it's not about being empty because when you're empty, someone's going to fill you. And if you're not constantly filling yourself, right, if you don't need to be empty, you, you need to empty out what doesn't belong or what does it, what's not good, but keep refilling with, with, with good stuff, your own, with that from you, your own authentic self stuff. So I want to read this. Sources of mental toxins are emotional hurt, grudges, that's a big one, jealousy, huge one, feelings of hatred, huge anger, huge, and feelings of revenge. The revenge I want to stick on. That's an important thing. Thank you for adding that. People don't realize how badly we are addicted to revenge and they don't understand it, right? When something happens, what is the first thing we have as a human being if we're saying not, not being conscious and we're not, 
you know, connected. What do we do? We immediately need to identify the villain. Where's the cause? Who's doing it? Where is it coming from? Right? Why did this happen? I could drop a glass of water, and if I'm not in a in a right state of mind, I could be like, well, it's because oh, the, the, the glass was slippery because you kids are your sticky fingers. Or, you know, something stupid. I'm just making that. But, right? We get in that weird mindset where we want to, like, identify how did this just happen because we're not able to just say, fucking glass just fell. Just clean it up and get over it and move on. Right? She's right. That's a really good, important thing to point out. We get stuck like that over little things. We don't always have to identify and then dissect. That's, again, that is the bamboozle, the lie. That That is the playing on, like, the that's like the, inver again, the inversion, the inverted version of what it's supposed to really be. You're supposed to flow, right? You're supposed to, but you're supposed to know when it's important to take that time to maybe dissect and identify root causes. But that, that usually is from uh, a disruption in your life, emotional or spiritual use that you feel those things. And that's when you usually should take that time to start examining, not in, when, when we just don't like what happened in the moment or because we had a, a immediately an immediate discomfort. So we need an immediate identifier. It, we're, this is again, the black, white, the chessboard thinking, the left, right brain, you're either operating on one side or the other side, or you're either here or there. Guess what? I've said this so many times. In some of my views, I am a far leftist. Some of my views, you'd call me an extreme radical right psycho. So I don't believe in labels. I think that they are the epitome, they are the the uh, epitome in the of what's wrong with the world, and it's in the enemy of mental freedom. It's the enemy of mental freedom is having your mind always needing to to have this. Ident these identifiers. It, it, it's stopping you from allowing yourself to have epiphanies. You can't have epiphanies if you don't allow yourself to get a little wild in the mind sometimes. So, you know, someone I someone I, I love, I respect, I'm a Facebook friend, posted something the other day and it really just oh, got under my skin and I, I, I had to practice controlled response because I didn't want to respond off of, you know, me judging them off of them. But the post was this, astrology, uh, numerology, all these things that I believe are sciences, which they are. This is witchcraft. I don't care who you are. If you are, if you claim to be a Christian, you, you know, when you do this, you're, you're, you know, worshiping witchcraft. That's a lie. That, that again is a downloaded belief into someone. And now that downloaded belief is blocking them from truly seeing reality and truth because that's not true. The Bible says that pharmakia is witchcraft. The true word, if you actually care, see, this is why um, if you care enough to say, have a judgment on something, you should do the true research and understand the root. And this is why people call me, say I'm wise. And they say, oh, how are you? I say, I'm not wise. I just care. I just care. Whenever I had a thought or a judgment on something, I didn't stop there. I needed to know the truth about it. I needed to know the root about it. I needed to know the absolute grounded foundational truth of it. And I did the research and that's why I know of how bamboozled society is and people are. Because again, they settle on, right? Oh, history has it all figured out. So all I need to do now is just sign on to this worldview because these people figured it out for me, right? I don't need to do any real research or in-depth learning. 
because they did it for me. That's that's a bad that's that that is this is why we're in trouble. I don't want to say it's a bad way of thinking, but this is where we need to start understanding we're doing that. If you recognize that, you'll start to say, oh shit. I do it a lot so many times, but I pull myself back and I say, that's a belief. You don't really know that, you know. When I first heard about flat earth, right? For I never heard about this flat earth. So when people would bring it up and I would just give my like they'd say, Well, then how do you know that? I'd be like, Oh, wait, I don't know. I don't really know that. I I none of us really know anything. So it's all about if you care enough to stand firm in a belief, you better do some research into that belief, or else you're negligent with your own spirituality. And does it is it really going to make you a good person? Is it really going to have real spiritual, I don't keep saying spiritual, spiritual value and worth to it and measurement to it? If you're just signing on to a belief and settling on that because you feel like, yeah, that makes sense. It's good. That's it. That's not right. You know, it's not fear to other people. It's not fear to other people to be then attacked because they did the work and they expanded their minds and they found the true root. So again, going back to this whole witchcraft thing, the, 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 before all these translations, if you go to the original word, right? So it goes from Aramaic to then Greek. And then we've got all these, then F from there, it's all translated, translated, translated. And now we have all this breakdown of even our definition of what we think of words and things we have the wrong because because we have the idea downloaded into us we're not able to truly perceive and link in with the essence of what something really means this is why people misunderstand the bible and then they use it to hurt people and damage people and spread hatred and represent the antichrist a lot of people have no idea what the antichrist even means because again they already know they've been told and they don't need to expand on that anymore they're they're boxed in, they are imprisoned, and it's 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 sad. But again, this is why so many people hate. They end up turning like and hating, you know, Jesus, and they, they're like, oh, because someone forced it on them. How can you tell somebody to believe in an in an in an all divine being and say that that the being it, it love it loves humanity, died for our sins, and did all these things, and then you are showing people the ugliest aspects of humanity and then saying yeah doing it in the name of jesus that's the world we live in though where people can't even see that they can't even say see like gee my behavior i'm not i'm not worthy to represent this person like uh, it's just awful it bothers it bothers me because i've had real experience i've had that real situation real experience i don't know what to call it communication happen where with with that being came to me and showed me all these things i uh, i was a, my, I, I come from a family that like loved to church off born again i love to go all these different churches all the time beautiful amazing people so i'm not downing anyone who is part of that religion that's not what i'm doing i'm just trying i'm just that's just because that's the only comparison i have based on my own life experience that i can use as analogies that's all I'm not doing it but judgment but again they're boxed in because they're told. And then from there on, their mind is, is controlled through that thought matrix. And they're not, they're not able to pull out of it because the mental detoxing isn't happening. The mental inventory isn't happening. 
And it's because we want to be secure. We want to feel good about how we're living. And because we want to, we don't allow ourselves to, believe it or not. Because we have all these ideas of what everything looks like and all these ideals of how we think we are, want to be, and should be. We're never really able to be and understand ourselves and understand enough to know what thoughts are your own or not, in, or to understand your own passions or not. Again, I think I said this last week about creativity. I'm a very creative person. I have a very artistic aspect to me, but I can't draw a stick figure. I can't paint a flower. You know what I mean? I cannot get that on paper, but I do it in other ways. I love to color. I love to garden. I channel it in other ways. But there was a part of me for so long that didn't ever try to do anything artistic because when I was a kid, I realized I couldn't draw and I just never, and, and I had an idea of what being artistic was. So I didn't realize that you could be artistic and, you know, make flower arrangements. You could be artistic and in, in, in color. I mean, I color some of the most beautiful colorings that are my drawings, but I color them good. You know, but it's about how you make it your own, make things your own, put your own definition on things. It's not about uh, agreeing on the definition of words. It's about agreeing on principles. We should be able to live in harmony without having all these semantics keeping us in these little arguments and tidbits. Oh, no, this means this. Oh, it doesn't mean that. No, it means this. No, it means this. Oh, no, it means this. And then we're all, really? Doesn't matter what it means. It means that to you. And it means that to you. And let's agree on a principle about life. Because when you agree about principles, these little semantics and these little definitions can't derail you. They can't get you tripped up and arguing and, and stuck. Because you know and you flow based on principles. The difference between having an opinion and judging someone is that when you judge, you are dismissing your feeling and experience. Amazing and important factor. Yes, I've experienced this bazillion time in my life because I always have that radical idea or that one thought that no one wants to hear because it might open that floodgate of other other questions and other you know questions that make them realize they don't know shit, right? So I always get attacked anytime. And that's a really important thing to distinguish. When you judge someone, you're basically telling them that they're feelings their experience is invalid and you, you don't believe it because it doesn't look the way you want to or, or it's not being portrayed the way you you expect it to it's that's how that's why people are suppressed repressed depressed and then easily influenced by the government and all of these celebrities and all of these you know people who are established mystique fun fact my Favorite, one of my all-time favorite people, Leonardo da Vinci. I read this on my Instagram live the other day because I have two of his books, a collection of all of his artwork. And I have a book, a collection of all of his manuscripts, his observations, his writings and everything. And he basically says this, that all these assholes with their credentials and their, you know, academia and scholarly, you know, uh, what's it called? Like dignitaries of society, that they're basically all liars they're all fakes he says you could compare them to when a person stands in the mirror they're the reflection there's nothing 
There's nothing there. It's just a reflection there. They bailed their legacy. They built their basically whole um, reputation off of other legacies, other people's legacies, off of other people's works. And then study other someone others' works. You know, that's the whole education system. That is, I am a, uh, I am a, you know, philosophy student. I know all about Aristotle. And you could teach. Well, well, what about you? Do you have any philosophical thoughts of your own? Oh, you, you know all about Aristotle? Great. He was a great thinker. But don't you build your own thoughts off of that? This is what we're living in a world where people are mimicking. They're mimicking things, everything, what they think is going to give them a veneer to be perceived as their ideal self, which is what causes people, right, to then be cheaters and liars and have these, you know, weird things that happen to them where they all of a sudden are, you know, into sex clubs and stuff. It's because as we, we seek adventure, we seek thrill, we seek mystery we seek those things and those things you find in doing deep dives into the spirit world into the unseen realm but nobody understands that so we live in like the theme park culture where they think that to get those feelings of thrills and mystery and and sensuality and all that 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 it has to be done you know in a compartmentalized way no you're supposed to to live in harmony, your mind, body, spirit, and flow, and, and bring the spirit into your material world to create. Which reminds me of another video I pulled up, and I think this is, I think this is it. So I'm going to play this video. I, I think this is it. Give me a quick second, and then I'm going to read an article. And, I, and then I know I'm going to go over a little bit, so forgive me. We currently see the world as a physical, mechanical machine. Everything is chemistry and, and atoms and stuff oh, like that. It. And it turns out the new understanding, really, which is quantum physics, says it, it, the focus shouldn't be on the material things. The focus is on the invisible energy things, which include thought and belief, because it turns out it's the invisible energy that controls the physical world. And, and this is what quantum physics talk about. They talk about what they call the field. And I say, well, what's the field? Well, they say uh, invisible uh, ener moving energy that influences the physical world. I go, well, that definition is the same definition for spirit, invisible moving forces that influence the physical world. So it's interesting that today's modern science is reconnecting us with the ancient history of spirituality, which really says that we are energy beings. Uh, inhabiting a physical body. Well, if we understand that, we start honoring the energy part, the invisible stuff that we've let go out of the equation, because all we look at is, give me the physical material, give me money, cash, give me things. And it turns out, it turns out that it's the energy is more more powerful. The invisible stuff is more powerful than the physical stuff. So turning our beliefs around and recognizing our thoughts are powerful elements. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden it says, let's start exercising our thoughts rather than exercising our wallet, let's say, and controlling the world. And this gives an opportunity for all of us, every one of us, because we all have thoughts and we all have this energy. And it's since thoughts create the science. And this, this is quantum physics. They talk about that it's consciousness that creates the world. And so we all have to start recognizing we all are conscious and all collectively our consciousness can change the world. So when you have a lot of people out there saying, oh my God, the world's out of control. I say, yeah, but all you need is a lot of people who know that 
to say let's let's consciously create the different world and then we're not held victim of the world that we're in because we can manifest the world that we want and that's why I get so excited by all the the viewers out there because each viewer out there represents another consciousness that with all the other consciousness can change the world and this is what the evolution is all about what we're facing is an evolution not a physical evolution it's how we relate to each other with our consciousness so we're all coming together in one giant consciousness called humanity and and this is the evolution we're facing amazing i find that to be gold that information is worth more than 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 anything to know to know that you are that powerful, that you really do have as much control only as you want in your own life, as long as you are willing to truly step into that power and be accountable and say, you know what, I am in charge, I am powerful, I am in control. And then you start to build off of that. Who would deny themselves that power? Only people who don't believe it. And who wouldn't believe that? A world that we live in right now where people aren't interacting with each other to feel these things anymore. They don't, how can they, they're so physically 3D, you know, addicted that if their eyes aren't registering it, the belief can't be fully realized. They'll believe in the idea of it, which will make them think they believe in it. They don't truly believe it. So therefore, they're not able to then really utilize it in their life. For instance, placebo effect. You can have someone dying of cancer, two people dying of cancer, uh, doing a clinical trial. One person is given the actual medication, the other person a sugar pill. The person who took the sugar pill somehow gets healed just like the other person or has better results. Well, how did they heal from a sugar pill? They believed that the pill was the healing aspect. This is what I teach people about essential oils. These things are tools. They are not the healers. They're tools. They're tools of communication in tangible proof, right, to your body that you believe so. So when I'm saying rubbing, I rub my neck every night. When I'm rubbing my neck, I rub my neck and I tell, I'm telling, and I'm putting something on my neck that my neck wants, but my mind is also knowing I'm doing something for it, which then gives a whole, you know, metaphysical aspect to it where my mind is telling my neck it's feeling better and my, my neck is knowing it's feeling better based on what I'm doing and putting on it. That's, what I believe is the key to truly, you know, living a life and in, in, in put in in, in um, applying these things in your life and creating a life of harmony and balance and creating heaven on earth. That's what the goal is, and it shouldn't be the goal is the motivator, and then you want to just everything's motivated by attaining the goal. You should just live. Stop always trying to attain something. When you try to attain something, yes, you can attain that thing, but it's not experienced and fully taken in, in the essence. See, we have something called 
muscle memory, genetic memory. And when we are fully present, we see our experiences into our muscle memory and our genetic memory. That's why trauma is so, so powerful, right? Where a person can hear a firecracker and they're on the ground, like thinking that they're in war. It's because our body takes in the information as well. And if we think about life on this deeper level, you're going to want to be in control of what's going into your body. You're not going to care, be thinking about the convenience of pizza and McDonald's or whatever every night. You're going to want to start monitoring what's going in, what's going in, what's going in. If we just start monitoring what's going in, the stuff coming out will be a lot more controlled and be a lot more reflective of who we truly are. And then you, again, it's a, it's a, it's a whole then, you know, snowball effect that that energy momentum goes. And then it's like law of attraction actually starts to work in your life because you've got the energetic momentum to start attracting. But again, the, the system tells us life is hard. Can, let me just say this. What are our basic needs? Food, water, shelter. We aren't in any way responsible for those things right now or accountable for those things right now but for somehow but for some reason everything we do that we hate work you know sacrifice to at a job say that we hate or overwork ourselves is is for those basic needs now imagine if you took those basic needs into your own hand what power you would have if you had a shelter say I mean, houses are a little bit different. Obviously, that's different. I don't expect anyone to go chopping down wood in the woods and stop building their own house, you know? So I'll, I'll give the shelter a slide. But just think about, you know, food, right? How many people suffer from acid reflux, suffer from psoriasis, suffer from so many issues that they don't realize is stemming just from the foods they're eating? But again, if you start taking accountability and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to plant, I'm, I'm planting a garden salad. That's as far as I'm going right now, because I know I'm not going to have a full garden. I'm going to self, so fully self-sustainable by next year. So I'm going to start with something that I feel I can complete. So again, it's not about overwhelming yourself and having these goals. Yeah. I have an, a goal of someday, you know, be having a nice garden where I'm almost fully self-sufficient with food but does that mean i'm gonna pressure myself and instill the joy out of the experience of starting my own little garden and, and learning about it see and perfecting that little bit and then expanding and expanding and then it's done in an organic way and i still achieve the goal i still have the experience and then the, the lessons and then my body remembers and my mind remembers and then i won't have dementia when i'm older because i was actually present and actually experiencing and engaged in things I believe, and this is just coming into my mind right now, so I shouldn't say I believe, but I, I'm thinking right now as we're speaking that this is why people are Alzheimer's, dementia. This is an epidemic in people, and they're starting at like 60 now, 60 years old. They're starting with symptoms of Alzheimer's and dementia. I think it's because we're not living present, so our minds are not fully engaging. Our brains aren't fully being worked, so they're shutting down because we're not present because the program makes you think that you are living a life because your body's moving, but you're not living truly as a true human should engage fully in the brain. See, we used to be totally engaged because we'd be out 
we'd, we'd be communi communi communitized. We, we were communal. That's the word I meant. Where everyone knew their place in the community. See, this is why people fall into believing communism is going to work because of this aspect. True communism, yeah, maybe, but that's not the right word. I can't even say the word because it's just so ugly. It's just like the just like the swastika. That's a beautiful symbol. And it means so many beautiful things. Good luck, you know, just a lot of positivity. So, but no one could ever walk around with that on their arm right now, wearing it for that reason, because they know, right? It's been so damaged. It's been so, it's been raped. It's been, it's just been massacred. The image of it has been massacred. I don't know what I was even saying, sorry. But she reminded me to read this and I wanna read this before I go. The mind is the actor. We recognize that everything is in mind and that nothing moves but mind. That intelligence is back of everything, acting through a thought force, which is concrete, definite and real. The reason people do not realize that mental healing is possible is that they do not understand the meaning of causation. They do not realize that intelligence is back of all things, that there is but one fundamental intelligence in the universe, one common mind or one mind common to all people. That which we appear to be is simply the point where the mind manifests through. Man is an individualized center of God consciousness. Remember, all law is mind in action. Every disease that we have must come through mind in order to operate through us. There is but one subjective mind in the universe. Upon this understanding alone is mental treatment possible, whether it be present or absent. If there were more than one, it would be impossible for then there would be no common media through which to work, think, or act. There is but one, and we are always thinking into it. So whether a patient is present or absent makes no difference. The only advantage in having him, oh, he's talking about what he does his treatment, sorry. So I found that to be very interesting. And I think that if we, when we live in this mindset, we actually become more communal because we look at things through kind of this one mind, individual expressions of God, which means we appreciate ourselves. They don't want you to appreciate yourself. So they don't want you to think, even if whatever talent you have, if it doesn't look like the person next to you, one's going to be better than the other. They have you thinking like that. Someone's always going to be better. Someone's always going to be worse. And it's not, it's not, we're not meant, to, we're not meant to be thinking on that level. It's driving us insane. It's creating a crazy world. It truly is, I believe. And, and I do believe. I should stop saying believe. I'm really actually trying to not say I, I believe a lot because I'm trying to be less with those words, less, um, I'm trying to be less constructed by, by my program words actually. But I, I feel, I'm feeling right now, and I'm starting to, th to think that and speculate that the cause of these Alzheimer's and dementia is, diseases are, are the fact that the mind isn't active enough, it's not present enough. It's not taking in enough life to have it stick. It's sad, my own grandfather had dementia, Louis body dementia, so. You know, it's um, it's it's a thing to see 
to see um, the different levels of elder, of elderly, right? My friend Sleto's dad just passed away. He was 103 years old. I saw a video of him just even at 100 years old and he was up dancing, conversating, so full of life, right? And then you have a person like my grandfather who his whole life played sports, didn't drink, didn't smoke. By 86, dying of dementia. Where did things go wrong in his life? Well, I, I know, because I, li I, li I lived them. He was always talking about the past. Always talking about the past. Always talking about the past. I heard the same story about when he was a young boy. So many times I knew everything about his father, everything about his trauma. I knew everything about his childhood. And we never engaged in the present. It was always talking about either the past or what are you going to do when you get older? What are you going to do? So I I can say through my own experience that, that, that a person I loved and watched that happen to, their mind left them, even though they they had a healthy body. And I, I feel that this is this this might be a cause of it or, an, or a, a factor in these things. But I want to thank you all for being with me tonight and watching and listening. Um, you know, remember to catch the replays and, and check out OTW tube. We have a lot of amazing people of amazing content. And I think that we have to start getting well-rounded with the information we interact with. I do not follow any person based on anything they claim. I, I follow people or I listen to them and I engage with their information based on the information. So being, if it has any value into what I am needing, I don't say, Oh, he's this. Never mind. I can't, I can't listen to him. You know, that we have to start being open to information so we can actually engage in real information. I'm going to read this. The difference, okay, in essence, okay, so the difference between having an opinion and judging someone is that when you judge, you are dismissing their feelings and experiences. And then, in essence, writing them off. So instead of seeing your boss as someone who is having a very difficult day, good example, or has struggled with controlling their anger, you see a hot-headed maniac. Great example, and I'll use myself as an example. Last week, I might have said this on my show last week, but I had to pull my own self out of judgment. I'm at the beach, well, staring at this woman and her little son, who he keeps walking away, and she's not really being very attentive. And I'm just all judging on her, like, "Are you gonna grab her kid? She's gonna grab her kid." Every few minutes, I'm thinking that, and then I'm just sitting there at some point, observing her, and she's really being irritated with their kid. And again, I started to get actually anxious because I now am seeing her, you know, pull him down, like stay sitting, stay sitting, stay sitting. And something came over me and told me to stop, stop what I was thinking. Cause I don't know this woman. I don't know if she works seven days a week and is a single mom and is just trying to get a day at the beach. Like, you know, I didn't know her situation and she wasn't putting the child in danger. She wasn't being abusive. She was being aggressive and not abusive. And I'm not kidding. I started just saying, sending her love. And when I started just sending her love, it actually changed the situation. She picked up her son and was hugging him and rocking him and kissing him. And I thought, not that I changed her, but I thought maybe that's, that is what changes things. Maybe when we look at each other and love each other and want to help versus want to judge and then compare, say, see, I must be a better mother. I would never let my kid, you know, be 20 feet behind me. That's what we do. That, that's, a, that's a bad habit we fall into, right? So we do that. We judge and then compare. 
And that's why people get stuck and end up going deeper in, in, into despair or get worse at a bad habit because no one's there saying, you're okay. We understand. Understanding is a miracle worker. Understanding is a miracle worker. When someone knows another, understands them, and then is okay and accepts them after understanding them, it does it does something to them energetically. It transmutes them. That's why we are transmuters. We're alchemists. And we're supposed to do it to each other. Lean on each other in that way. Not in a way to build our own selves up so that we're at our high, to high tower, our glass tower, you know, that we build up. And then we don't want anyone. <laughs> we can't have it break. So we have to, you know, keep the veneer, keep everyone away from the, the true, in, the, the, you know, the fact that it's just a freaking house of cards. So then we create all of these crazy, chaotic things, manipulations, just so that our, you know, glass house that we're, we're we've, glass tower that we're sitting on top of doesn't break and reveal itself for what it truly is. <laughs> I hope my analogies aren't like too much. But again, thank you all for joining me. Remember, this was Truth, Freedom, and Sophia on onthewakeupradio.com. Again, a special thank you to super producer Cindy Ashby for putting this all together, setting up all these websites, getting this information out there, giving us a platform so that we can express our research, our information, and all share with each other and break this matrix, get out of this matrix, and really start becoming true humans who are united. And I'm going to read this. Pharmacia. Please, yeah, I want to read that. It's important. Pharmacia, because it speaks to today, by the way. Pharmacia is the Greek word for pharmacy, which is the practice of making medication and vitamins. It, the other definition also refers to the making of spell, given potions or alchemical potions, elixirs, believed to have transforming powers, such as the power to extend life, boost energy, or enhance mind. So that is a true definition. And also, the, the, the biblical definition says this, because I have my study Bible. It, witchcraft is considered pharmakia, and pharmakia is anything that alters the mind, anything that takes the mind out of its, its own state to then be altered. That is what we're living through. Pharmakia, this is the true source of sorcery. That is true sorcery creating mind-altering substance to get people to put into themselves so they are out of their mind and out of control. And then something else is controlling them, the demons that they then fuse to that medication or to that whatever, to, to that person or to that energy source. And I can, do I have a little more time, Cindy, to read one more article? Okay. I have this article pulled up for today. And I'm going to share it with you all and I'll read it. This is from 2019, but it's still worth a read. So it's called the government is serious about creating mind controlling mind controlled weapons. So this would be considered witchcraft. DARPA. The Department of Defense research arm is paying scientists to invent ways to instantly read soldiers' minds using tools like genetic engineering of the human brain, nanotechnology, and infrared beams. The end goal? Thought-controlled weapons like swarms of drones that someone sends to the skies with a single thought or the ability to beam images from one brain to another. This week, DARPA, Defense Advanced... Oh, good, okay. 
This week, DAPA Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency announced that six teams will receive funding under the Next Generation Non-Surgical Neurotechnology Program. Participants are tasked with developing technology that will provide a two-way channel for rapid and seamless communication between the human brain and machines without requiring surgery. Imagine someone who's operating a drone or someone who might be analyzing a lot of data, said Jacob Robinson, an assistant professor of bioengineering at Rice University, who is leading one of the teams. There, there's this latency where if I want to communicate with my machine, I have to send a signal from my brain to move my finger or move my mouth to make a verbal command. Do you see that? That's an important thing to know about how the brain works, right? Your brain has to first conceive of the action and send the signal then to the body part. So we are not body behind spirit, but they put that buffering system in so that they're in control of the body. Okay, so continue. Um, verbal command, this limits the speed at which I can interact with either a cyber system or a physical system. So the thought is maybe we could improve the speed, that speed of interaction. That could be crucial as smart machines and a tidal wave of data threaten to overwhelm humans and could ultimately find applications in both military and civilian domains, Robson said. Advancing mind control. While there have been breakthroughs in our ability to read and even write information to the brain, these advances have generally replied, relied on brain's implants in patients, allowing physicians to monitor conditions like epilepsy. Brain surgery is too risky to justify such interfaces in an able-bodied person, however, in current external brain monitoring approaches like electroencephalography, encephalography, EEG, in which electrodes are attached directly to the scalp, are too inaccurate. As such, Dopper is trying to spur a breakthrough in non-invasive or minimally invasive brain-computer interfaces. The agency is interested in systems that can read and write to 16 independent locations in a chunk of brain, in a chunk of brain the size of a peak with the lag of no more than 50 milliseconds within four years, said Robson, who is under no illusion about the scale of the challenge. When you, when you try to capture brain activity through the skull, it's hard to know where the signals are coming from and when, they're, and, when and where the signals are being generated, he told Life Science, maybe because the signals are coming from spirit. So the big challenge is, can we push the absolute limits of our resolution, both in space and time, genetically tweaking human brains? To do this, Robinson team plans to use viruses. This is where I wanted to get to. Pay attention to this part. To do this, Robinson's team plans to use viruses modified to deliver genetic material into cells called viral vectors to insert DNA into specific neurons that will make them produce two kinds of proteins. Flying sauces to mind control. Oh, that's from that book, sorry. The first type of protein absorbs light when a neuron is firing, which makes it possible to detect neural activity. I think that's called a luciferite too, by the way. An external headset would send out a beam of infrared light that can pass through the skull and into the brain. Detectors attached to the headset would then measure the tiny signal that is reflected from the brain tissue to create an image of the brain. Because of the protein, the targeted areas will appear darker, absorbing light when neurons are firing, generating a read of brain activity that can be used to work out <coughs> what the person is seeing, hearing, or trying to do. <coughs> Now, remember, I'm about to read this sentence. Remember all the people who got the vaccine are having magnets stuck to them? Well, let's get to this part. 
The second protein tethers to magnetic nanoparticles. So the neurons can be magnetically stimulated to fire when the headset generates a magnetic field. This could be used to stimulate neurons so as to induce an image or a sound in the patient's mind. As a proof of concept, the group plans to use the system to transmit images from the visual cortex of a person to that of another. Being able to decode or encode sensory experiences is something we understandably, we understand relatively well, Robinson said at the bleeding edge of science. I think we are there if we have the technology to do it. So I'll stop there as it's talking drones and that's the end. Talking drones, I don't know. I'll go, it's the last thing. Why not read the last blip? Sorry. Talking to drones. A group from the nonprofit research institute, Patel, is taking on more ambitious challenge. The group wants to let humans control multiple drones using their thoughts alone while feedback about things like acceleration and position go directly to the brain. Joysticks and computer cursors are more or less one-way devices, said sensor research scientist Gaurav Sharma, who leads the team. But now we're thinking of one person controlling multiple drones. I think this is what they want for humans. They want one person controlling multiple human bodies. This is where we're heading, folks, where the shitty asshole, devoid of spirit, devoid of any intelligence of their own or creativity of their own, the, the 1% assholes there that have nothing of their own, they literally siphon our creativity, our life essence, our energy, our mind power, our bodies. They are vampires, parasites, only they are just in the same shape as us. They're parasites, okay? But so they can then live vicariously operating through us. That's what the ultimate goal is. In that article from 2019, we're in 2021, you don't think the vaccine has to do with that when they said they had planned to use viruses to map the brain? Because only a virus is small enough to really get in there. And when they, if they do it with the right, and I know what they use, they use plasma gel. It's a gel. It's called, oh, I, I can't, it was in my head then, of course. It's a gel that they're, 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 they're infusing all of these elect, this electronic devices, these, this, these readers, these electrodes, right? So the virus goes in the brain and then it's communicating with the, the jelly, the gel that, that is actually holding an electrical and a magnetic field. That's that, that to me sounds exactly like what we're witnessing with the vaccine and people sticking magnets to them, having a magnetic field. The guy who turned on his Bluetooth, who could, who can link up to Bluetooth. Maybe it's from them, from that. And I'm going to say one last thing. I know I keep saying I'm going to say one last thing before I go. Mosquitoes. All right. I just had to, I've been planting, but I couldn't even go outside my house the last week because if I went out back row front, the mosquitoes were just swarming. And you go and look up, do research into mosquitoes, what they're doing with the mosquitoes, okay? They're creating genetically modified mosquitoes in labs, and they're saying, they're saying it's to then go out and mate with the organic mosquitoes and then make them infertile. But it's not doing that, okay? It's causing swarms and swarms and swarms and swarms of mosquitoes, and they are reproducing still. So why are they putting these mosquitoes out into the world? It's, they're carrying viruses. They're carrying genetically modified material so that they, they can get us. Zika virus, man-made. Lyme disease, man-made. All of these viruses, Tripoli, I'm going to tell you it's probably man-made too, all of these, what's it called, West Nile. They're, they're, all, they're not probably natural. Maybe some of them are, but I know for a fact Zika and Lyme are lab created. And I'll leave you there.
So again, thank you for watching Truth, Freedom, and Sophia on On The Wake Up Radio. Remember, catch all of our replays on onthewakeupradio.com. We're also on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And again, check out our new streaming site, OTWTube. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Check out, um, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Durbano and also at Harmony underscore underscore healing and on Facebook, Truth, Freedom, and Sophia page and my, yeah, Truth, Freedom, and Sophia. That's my page. Um, and you all have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening and thanks for being here. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Look it up. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Dian. Cindy Ashley Production. On the wake up.